Blog Talk Radio. March 29, 2019, and we're live with Jazzy Sterling Powell and Sunny on Loudmouth Radio. How is everybody doing in our radio world today? I'm great. Hey, good, hey, morning. Producer. good morning, Sterling. <laughs> good morning. How's everyone? Everybody, everybody is doing so well, but I'm going to tell you guys a real, real deal. Um, Producer Sunny had some other stuff that she was trying to take care of very quickly right before the show. So she has me sitting in front of um, the, the the switchboard. And as we know, I've tried that before. It's not my forte. So I was freaking out like, oh, my God, we go on live in five seconds. So I'm so <laughs> glad that she was able to just, bam, come to the switchboard uh, welcome our guests and us. And now I'm going to take a quick coffee break because I was stressed out. Love you all. Back in the <laughs> I haven't had my coffee. Don't feel bad because I haven't had my coffee. We're doing, we're doing the show right at the moment without coffee and anybody. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, totally, it's totally not even something we can so do I'm without waiting. coffee. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that first time that I can mute you guys out and walk to the coffee pot. <laughs> Go ahead and mute. Oh, Go ahead right, and mute. Everybody. I'm going to mute. Sunny is going to welcome all of our guests to the show. Oh, can I quickly say that we will be uh, posting our loudmouth mugs. I know some of you have asked about those. And so you are able to order those. They're $25. Um, and that helps us continue to keep our station going. We will have T-shirts and hats really soon as well. But definitely the mugs are available for $25. Uh, depending on where you are, they take about 7 to 14 days to get in. Um, maybe one day soon we'll be able to make our own mugs, but right now we do use the company. So, okay, Sunny, goodbye. Going to get coffee. See you back in a sec. All right, we're going to let Sunny so talk. See, see this Right, Sunny, you get to have the show. This is hypocrisy. I, I just, I'm just going to stand down and say that this is hypocrisy. So people in the radio world, see how you got to depend on folks and see how quick they can just, you know, evaporate just like that. This is not what you want. This is not what you want. But for those who are taking the time to listen to us today, we are so happy that you are tuning in to Loudmouth Radio and our shenanigans. <laughs> it is a fantastic Friday, like I said earlier. 
And our studio lines are open, 347-826-7520. And for those who are online listening, oh, we are so grateful that you're on air listening. I know some of you guys may be at work. Some of you guys may not be able to call in. We get it. So the live link of our show is available for you to listen right at blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio. Make sure you put the two Ds in, and that way you can pull us up. Now, today we are talking about a very, very important topic, okay? Unless you've been in a a little bit of a bubble, um, you know, youth and bullying is is something that is becoming more and more prevalent in our society. Unfortunately, it's not something that we really want to um, praise or to really say that we want to give it the attention, but it's something that we just can't ignore. And so today's topic, we are going to dive into youth bullying, violence, and Unfortunately, this is leading to um, our kids starting to literally take action of suicide. So we all know that that's not okay. Um, and so this is becoming something that is a real issue that is becoming more and more domineering in the news. And it's becoming more and more frightening um, that young people, 10, 11, 9 years old, you know, are even taking or even considering the fact of saying, look, I'm going to take my life and then actually taking action on it. So, um, you know, it is a topic that is a a serious conversation, and it can be a little bit heavy, um, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And so we are going to um, take a quick commercial break, and we're going to make sure that we um, keep a balance of allowing our media partners and people who support us um, being heard in this broadcast. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and uh, let them be heard, and then we're going to come right back and and, uh, dive into this conversation. Well, I'll have our coffee, and we'll have our coffee by then. Good morning. Pray for us, people. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. Recent auto accident, back pain, neck pain, stress, headaches, Ewing Chiropractic can help. Here at Ewing Chiropractic, our office utilizes an approach of pain relief measures for the treatment of auto accidents, slip and fall, sports, and on-the-job injuries, as well as acute and chronic pain. We can be reached at 678-586-3592 and located at 5459 North Henry Boulevard, T.C. in Stockbridge, Georgia. Healing the injured one spine at a time, we can be reached at ewingchiropractic.com. All right, so we are back. And I hope that you guys are connecting to us. Our studio lines are open, 347-826-7520. If I said that too fast, I do apologize. I give it to you again. 347-826-7520. So, Sterling, I know that um, we've been sharing some content in regards to this topic on our Facebook pages, um, and we've... uh, Definitely well, wanted to 
Sterling? You know, my big comment on this is we the sad part of this is when you live in a total society now, like we are living, where everyone from the top um, office holder in our nation thinks that it's okay and almost gives the um, – well, he, no, it doesn't, he doesn't give the impression. He does it. He, you know, he bullies all of us. Not only does he bully us with his tweets, he bullies the Congress with, you know. I mean, remember, the shutdown was nothing but, the, the, you know, this man this deciding that this he was bullying. He would bully the nation and our Congress into giving him what he wanted. And when you have that at the top of the of the rung and so and in front of young people, they start right. to believe that this is okay. This is all right. This is right. okay that I can go to school and say whatever I want to the other students, or the and if and if the students don't fight back, or your um, another student doesn't defend the other student. Or the teachers, or the or the uh, administration doesn't help. Then it just you know perpetuates this bullying from throughout society, and we are seeing it increase. And when you start to see, you know, like you said, eight, nine, ten years old, and we'll talk about the ten-year-old that did kill himself recently that made this such a national. Uh, brought such national attention again to it. Um, right. It has to be addressed. This has this bullying in our society has to be addressed because it can't go on just because you know this man, the orange hair dryer, wants to bully all of us into believing that he has any right to be in that White House. He doesn't even shouldn't even be exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I actually yeah, I agree with you one thousand percent. Absolutely, he's got a very valid point. Um, Keith Reese Jr. Um, is the ten-year-old boy that uh, committed suicide. Was being bullied at school. Um, his classmates uh, took it as far. Um, I believe he's ten years old, so that's like fifth grade. Uh, so this is middle school. Um, elementary school, yeah, you know, right before middle school. He's a fifth grader. Um, so he was going to a school by the name of Robin Elementary um, in Texas. And his his classmates were to a point of bullying him to where they wrote on his tablet that he should just kill himself. You don't belong here. And so his mother, her name is Crystal, uh, has openly started to discuss this. Uh, Ebony did an article on, on the story. And she said that back in November last year, he came home crying. He didn't want to fight. Someone got physical with him. And some boys punched him several times during their recess. And um, when she reported the incident to the school, they said that there was any there was no evidence of a physical fight. They didn't believe that any bullying was happening. Two months later, um, he killed himself. Right? So... In, in, in the Houston area, he was the youngest reported uh, out of 26 children in the area committed suicide last year, in this past year. And, um, you know, that's just not okay. 
this is not okay. Now, you know, we, our society has changed so much. I, we were, had this conversation right after you guys left last week. I had a conversation with people about how our society has changed from when really when we had children many years ago, and not that I'm saying that this was correct or wrong, or but we, people had many, many children. You would hear about eight, nine, mm-hmm. 10, 11 children, and they went to right. work. They really, a lot of times that was the labor that farmers, they almost created their own labor. And now mm-hmm. we have children, are, and and. As much as they loved, I'm not saying they didn't love their children, they were looked upon differently. They were not, in our society today, what we, my friends and I talked about the other day, was that everything revolves around their children. And this has given some children the entitlement Mm -hmm. syndrome. And then those same children, these same kids, and I hate to call them kids because they're not Billy Goats, but these same children are now (laughs) taking that entitlement, this entitlement, and with seeing what's in our culture, they believe they can bully other children that may not be as entitled as they are. So it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So we've changed, our, our whole society has changed so much. We wrap ourselves around our children today some, but at the same time, then we devalue them by not paying attention to the ones that need us, the ones that are in need. That's good. That's really good, Carolyn. That's good. Well, that's really good. Also... Am I, am ahead, I not ahead, correct Carolyn. that we, we, we have these kids that come from certain families <clears throat> that are very affluent and, and just, I mean, they don't even have to be affluent, but they just come from different parts of the, the cities where it's more affluent or, or better and, and different things happen. Not every child is raised the same way, but at the same time, if you talk to nine-tenths, even single mothers, single parents, they will be wrapping their, they go to work to take care of their kids. It didn't used to mm-hmm. be like that. The children, the mm-hmm. children took care of the family, but then at the same time, we have poor education. I, yes. you know, so in one sense, we're doing everything for the children, but on this other flip side of it, it doesn't seem like we're doing everything for the children. Mm-hmm. We're not raising There's definitely a better a education. Am I the only one seeing this? There is, on one part, we do everything. I mean, I, we work our hours around so my kids can be in the concerts and they can be do ballet and they do this. But at the same time, they have to go to private schools to get a decent education. Or exactly. when they do get that decent education, when they get ready to go to college, you might as well have them hawk and give up their firstborn child to pay for their, they're never going to get out of debt because they have to pay for college. So it is disconnected to me that we're not really taking care. And then when they need us, like in this issue of being bullied, we're not there for them. Oh, if they can't, if they can't prove it or if it's the wrong, you know, I just, 
I, I don't want to get into all racism and and a gender and all these different things. You can't be, God forbid, you're a transgender kid. <laughs> oh my goodness! But you know what? The all, all everything you're that right. you're saying is absolutely correct. And I just kind of wanted to uh, uh, chime in. This this topic, of course, as I posted on my page, my personal page, as well as my Instagram page, is personal to me on so many levels. And I think we all, um, I think all of us on this line, in fact, if I'm not um, incorrect, we can say at one point or another in our lives because of whatever um, it was that we were bullied. So it's personal for me because I was bullied yep. as a child aggressively at school. Um, and then my 10-year-old grandson has now been bullied in his school in Florida to the degree that he was attacked. Um, he had his eye, um, right above his eye was split and he had to have stitches. Now, mind you, he had been uh, complaining about being bullied for at least a month, at least a month. My daughter was addressing, and hopefully she'll get a chance to call in. She's at work, but she said she was going to try to pull away so that she could chime in on the conversation. But um, she continued to call the school. My grandson has a lot of emotional and mental issues. He is a... Um, I've told this story on on shows in the past, but he's been through a lot. That kid is a trooper. He is destined for super great things because uh, from the time that he was one year old, he was kidnapped by, unfortunately, my daughter's ex-boyfriend. And it's a long story. It's a book. It's a saga. It's a lifetime movie. Um, and he was gone for four and a half years. So we just got him back few years ago and so he has had to adapt and adjust from being taken away from the kidnapped family that took care of him um, under pretense and lies and so forth and so on so he's got a lot of things that he deals with and at one point he was the person who was doing the bullying and you know we had to all kind of long distance trips to sit him down to find out what was going on with him and why he felt the need to do that and a lot of it comes from the teasing, though. So you have the bullies, and this is what people need to realize, that bullies generally, generally have their own insecurities. They have their own issues that they're usually dealing with at home. And mind you, this is from children to adults. The difference between the children and the adults, though, is that adults can seek help and say, this is what's going on with me. And maybe even if I can't totally identify it subconsciously why it's taking place, this is what's happening to me. I feel, you know, depressed. I feel angry. I feel whatever. Children are not able to put those emotions into words. So a lot of times they will bully to feel bigger, to feel stronger because they're lacking that somewhere. But even on, on the, even if they have good reasons to bully. It is our responsibilities as the parents, as the teachers, as the adult, as the community, as this radio show to say, hey, how can I step in to be a support system to the bully and those that are being bullied? Because education of the do's and the don'ts is necessary. So my, my grandson has been um, attacked 
now that we kind of got him out of being the bully uh, a year later, now he's being bullied in a different class. And he's saying, hey, I'm trying to follow the rules that I've been taught not to retaliate, but I'm feeling helpless now because the more I tell the adult, the more I'm not being heard. Being heard. Right? Right. right, I'm not being heard. I'm not being accepted or appreciated for whatever reason. And Sterling, to touch on being a trans child, being a black child, being a gay child, being a non-gender conforming child, being a poor child. We can name all of the, the list of, of the children that are being attacked, but at the end of the day, it's still an attack. No matter why it's being done, there is a disconnect between parents, teachers, and all of us that call ourselves adults listening and um, allowing our children to have value in what they say. If I come to you and I say, hey, Sterling, I feel like you're attacking me. I'm able to say that to you. Sterling, I'm, I feel abused. I feel, I yeah. feel like yeah, you're cyber know, bullying you're happening. Taking, right. Well, you know, with mm-hmm. adults, much less here right. are children, 9, 10, 11, 12, and on, and on up, they're still developing and their brains legally, scientifically, they don't, you know, the question, why did you do something? They can't tell you why because their brain is not developed enough with that consciousness of why, even though they know it's wrong. And I have that report somewhere, I'll, I'll try to post it, that scientifically it is proven that a child up until, I want to say 15 or 16, cannot tell you really in, in, in perfect terms why they did the stupid thing or the, the non-thought-out uh, thing. They cannot pull that together. The brain is not developed, right? So if I can't tell you why I want to commit suicide in the sense that I know I shouldn't, but I, but I feel like I'm supposed to, and then all of the outside influences pushing me to do it, and then the adults, not taking up for me because what you said is if you have a problem go tell your teacher if you have a problem talk to your principal or your counselor tell your mom tell your dad tell the neighbor tell the the preacher okay I've told all of those people and I'm still being attacked so there is a disconnect that we have to address because our babies our little babies are killing themselves this is unheard of, and it's happening over and over and over. Traumatic experiences are happening with our children, and our country is showing that it's okay because I see the adults yes. bullying other adults. I see the whites are bullying the blacks, and I see the blacks bullying the, the Hispanics, and I see, you know, the 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 powerful bullying the less powerful and the you know right and all of remember that you remember that young man in dc that went to that uh that 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 march and the indian uh the native americans uh you know with with chanting and you know um i can't remember the name of the young man uh that literally mm-hmm. was uh you know acting a fool with the uh, uh the elder and this guy's in his 60s um, and they got nasty and mind you, to where, mm-hmm. and mind you, that young man is them. The whole um, school and different ones are coming back to say that 
he was in the wrong, the, the um, Native American was in the wrong. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, it was bullying. It was it was disrespect. It was, you know, something that would not have happened had we not had a climate that has been pushed and primed that now this is okay again. Because it's not that it's not ever happened. Bullying has been going on since the beginning of time. Forever. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not Jess, let me mention some of the statistics that you post. You sent this link for general bullying statistics. Okay. And this is a study that was released by the National Center for Education Statistics in December 2016. It was based on students between the ages of 12 to 18. And this was in 2014-2015 school year. So one in five students report being bullied, which is at 20.8%. 66.8% said they were bullied once or twice in the school year. 33% were bullied at least once or twice a month during the school year. And 4.2% are bullied almost every day. Um, 22% of females reported being bullied compared to 18% of males. And um, so this is an important part, like the location. 33.6% of bullying occurred in the classroom, which is, that's, that's high. Right? That's very high. 40. That's very high to be in a classroom. So, you know, how do we offset that? You know, a lot of the times, some of the schools, maybe their classrooms are too large. Um, I, I think one of the things I appreciated attending Savannah College of Art Design with the SCAD, and I know this is college, but the student ratio, 20 to 1. Smaller classrooms. Um, you know, I remember when I was in New Orleans handling the contract, and I had a young man that was a teacher there, and he told me he had a classroom at one point where 45 students were in there. That's too much. And oh, so my statistically, God. To one, to one teacher. How can you even, to one teacher, I, I don't even know how you even begin to think that, you know, the students are getting a fair opportunity of teaching the student racial contact. 41.7% you know occurred in a hallway or stairwell. Mm-mm. 41%. 9.4% occurred in a bathroom or locker room. 22% in the cafeteria, 19% occurred outside on school grounds, 10% on the school bus, and 11% occurred online or by text. Now, um, 13% were made fun of, called names, insulted, 12% were the subject of rumors, 3% were threatened to be harmed, 5.1% pushed, shoved, tipped, or spit on. 2% would just try to, to, to make to do things they didn't want to do. 5% of them were excluded from activities on purpose, and at least 1% had property destroyed on purpose. So I'm going to post this. Go ahead, Jazz. I know you're going to say something. Oh, my God. You know what? Um, I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking um, a couple of things. One, I'm thinking, God, I, I experienced a whole lot of this <laughs> in my growing up. Um, I was bullied primarily because I was a little religious kid that was not allowed to wear pants. Um, I wasn't allowed to do so many things, so I was always the, the, the kid that stuck out. I couldn't wear um, the clothes that the children, other children wore because they were considered, you know, secular and <laughs> they weren't Christian enough. And, um, and then on top of that, we were poor. So I couldn't afford some of the things that other students were wearing or doing. 
And so I got picked on tremendously. Now, just imagine back in the day, I'm 51. So let's just fly back to the early 60s and I mean, the late 60s and early 70s. And here is this little kid wearing a dress every day and everybody has on pants. So obviously, um, when I was in the, gosh, when did it start? I want to say as early as second grade for me. By the time I got to fourth and fifth grade, it was horrible. Sixth grade was just a, a trendus. Um, and, and just going up, I think for me, it all stopped when I retaliated back in the sixth grade against the boys. And one girl who, Jackie, I can't think of Jackie's last name, but I'm sure she's better now. I pray she is. But she was my bully. She used to take my lunch money. Um, she talked about what I wore. Um, the boys loved the fact that I had on dresses. So I was molested, literally molested, by about three or four boys a day. A day, a day. Um, where they would hang me up crazy. against the wall and have their way, and have their way with me. Um, until one day my mother, I used to say she, she declawed me because my fingernails, fingernails used to grow very long when I was younger and she used to cut them down. Mind you, it was almost like, uh, what's that movie, Carrie? My mother would blame me for natural things, poor thing. Um, her religion kept her in the blame game, but she blamed me for my breasts developing early, for nails growing long. So I was the one being fast because of <laughs> natural things. And so she cut my nails, and so one day she forgot to cut my nails, and I was able to scratch the boys up that bullied me every day, picked at me and, you know, touched me inappropriately. And then one day I was able to fight back to Jackie, and um, that kind of stopped her from taking things from me, but it didn't stop her from bullying me until mm. eighth grade and when we went over to high school. Um, but she was always that thorn in my flesh, even through high school. And when she went to a different high school, we, it just, it was one of those things that if you were not strong in mind, and I really have to look back and say I was because I'm still here, but mentally I was damaged, you know, and that's where our children are mentally, they're damaged and not able to handle certain things. The way we would have back in the day. I feel that often. Well, I I feel that often it gets ignored. Like the interesting thing with my own story is mine was was from my being so. I don't want to say I was effeminate because uh, you guys know me, and I don't really consider myself as effeminate as I consider myself theatrical and flam like flamboyant. Right. And that is all, that's been me my whole life. I mean, you guys can correct me and say, you know, boy, you're living in your own rea- your own fantasy of that, that you are a feminist. But I don't really like girl things. You know, I mean, so what mm-hmm. I'm saying that mm-hmm. at an early age, people noticed that I was different. Now, with that came bullying. And it went all the way till I myself, like you, Jazzy, I was bullied and I was molested. And it, it came from the boys, and the bullying mm-hmm. actually came from the girls. It actually came, the bullying often came from the girls that they were yes. jealous that I got on the, I got, I got more attention by boys than a lot of the girls in school. And the oh, girls, yeah, they were mad. Up, and they picked up on it. Now, they didn't know what was really going on, but they noticed that their boyfriends, to hang after a gay boy 
But they didn't know what the, mm-hmm. they didn't know at that time that that's what it was, right? They didn't. None of, when I was raised, and I, and I was raised in a dot. I mean, my hometown was a dot. At my school, where you're talking about a classroom of 45, my high school mm-hmm. was only a little more than 100. My high school. Wow. The high school. Okay, so everybody knew everybody. So when I'm talking about the football team, and I don't want to out people in my in my school that are probably grown men now, but I'll tell you, I was not a cheerleader, but I was as popular as a cheerleader. <laughs> probably, oh, more, probably, wow. more, probably more so because in a sense I was bullying. I was being bullied and raped. You know, basically it was rape because I'm a 13-year-old boy, right, or a 12-year-old boy. That's right. That's right. We have to call it what it is. I mean, I was basically being raped by my peers and my and older, you know, like the older boys that were seniors and juniors, and and they and and believe it or not, they had talked amongst themselves. They knew. They knew. Well, you can go force him to do this. You know, yeah, let me and, share something. I, I just I just posted something on our on our Facebook pages. Um, and I think this is a great avenue that a middle school in University City, which is right outside of St. Louis in Missouri, they open up a boutique for students in need. And it's called the Brittany Boutique at the Brittany Woods Middle School on Friday, which is today. All items have been donated by the community. So they provide shirts, pants, dresses, shoes, coats, backpacks, food, deodorant, and other hygiene items. And I think actions like these are great. Doing it right in the school so it helps to, you know, decrease the picking. A lot of times kids don't right. because they don't have stuff. And this helps exactly. also to the importance of giving and community, uh, you know, community initiatives. And I think that, I, what do y'all think? I think that's a great way to minimize, I think it's definitely, you know, some of that mm-hmm. bullying. Well, because, you know see, what this, is this is the conversation. This is the conversation. Oh, go ahead, Stella. Go, go ahead. ahead. Um, did you guys okay. see, um, because we were looking at a lot of stuff on the suicide and on the bullying, but did you guys see the acceptance speech by Beyonce and her husband, Jay-Z, at the LGBT uh, Awards this, this week? I heard about it, but I did not see it. Because no. they addressed. There, there, it's probably one of the most, um, um, you know, it's going to be, they, they talked about their music. And, I mean, not only the people that introduced them, they had the people introducing them and then their acceptance speech. They really went into how much we have to, all of us, and that's why I bring it mm-hmm. up with this, all of us have to address this. Acceptance, bullying—you know—it's not just the bullying; it's all the things that go around that causes somebody, like you said, Jazzy, to bully because they normally have issues too. Because I was going to get back to my biggest right, right. The I wanted to finish one thing with my story was the person that actually attacked me in the beginning was actually in the closet. Later, I found out. That's why he oh, was mm-hmm. he's, the, he's the first one. He was first, really, the first one that then when he had a chance to corner me and molest me, that's why he was bullying me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he was actually me. The funny thing was, mm-hmm. he was me. So he just I didn't have the courage. He just didn't have the courage, Sterling, to have the. He didn't have the courage to be able to stand on his own as you were. Well, I didn't even, the thing was, we were children. We need. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. out. I wasn't. I was twelve, yeah. 11, 12, 13 years old, being beat up by this, this kid that knew right. by my, you know, my uh, twirling a baton and my marching down the street and, and being myself. The the big thing that we know, even today, because we all now live out and in our own reality is that often mm-hmm. people will criticize us for being us. And especially mm-hmm. if we're mm-hmm. us and we're comfortable. If we're, uh, you know, today mm-hmm. I, I feel that I've addressed a lot of my issues that I had in the past, and I'm a pretty comfortable person in my own skin. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like mm-hmm. that. A lot of people don't like me. They, a lot of people talk about the way I am because mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable being me. And being out, right. being, you know, I don't call myself a gay man. I call myself an equal opportunity fornicator. And they're like, well, you're a fat. And I'm right like, now. no, I'm not. I, I'll, I'm an equal opportunity fornicator. I'm open to any opportunity that will come to me. Ooh. I'm not going to shut down that opportunity. And they're like, no, no, no. But you know what? That's where people, that's where it comes in, where people want, they want to box you, okay? And and mind you, um, Stolen is speaking from his perception and his experience, but when we're talking about being bullied, people want to make being bullied only into this one thing. So let me, let me just kind of give you this so that we can be very clear on what bullying is, Okay. Um, back in the day when, when we were being bullied in a fighting kind of way, somebody just pushed us or they took our money or, you know, it, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't like what happened to Kevin. It, it wasn't five people jumping on a, a fifth grader. It was one student jumped on you or whatever. Every now and then you would hear a gang, if it was a gang specifically called a gang, you would hear a bunch of people jumping on one person. But generally it was never this young of a stage. It was not the 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds. It was, you know, well, most of the time. But nevertheless, so it was mostly shoving or, or something like that. But because of the influences that we have today in technology, social media, um, and just kids being way more experienced Exposed to things that they were never exposed to being so young. The four main categories of bullying. Number one is verbal bullying, which includes teasing, inappropriate name calling, um, teasing, you know, you don't have on the newest shoe or you don't have the latest this or you're so stupid or you got this wrong or you're a fag or, you know, you're poor, you're a nigger. I'm, I'm using the words that are being used. Okay, so please don't be offended by the things we say. I think we should have said that in the beginning that this is our radio show. We're very open about conversation, and so we talk real because we believe that these are real issues that people need to know and they need to address. But nevertheless, name-calling threats, offensive hand gestures, 
Um, I know when I was in school, I used to, um, I'm so sorry for those of you that have sensitive ears, but, you know, the blowjob type of hand motion the boys used to do to me before I even knew what technically a blowjob was. And I was so offended, but I didn't know how to to deal with it because, mind you, as I've stated before, I'm very social, but I am a social introvert. There are many things that I hear or I listen to or I'm surrounded with that really offend me. I don't know how to always say, hey, I'm very offended by that. So, you know, things that happen in my life very young affect me even now. So even though I'm able to talk about many topics that most people won't, it doesn't mean that I need a continuation of that that hand gesture or talk because of what I've experienced. So verbal bullying is one. Social bullying includes intentional exclusion um, socially, spreading rumors and embarrassing someone publicly. That's, that's social bullying. You know, you're out at a party, uh, the school dance, the prom, you went out for pizza, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, hey, Sterling, and then Sterling's with another group of people, and he doesn't talk to you. And all of a sudden, you're standing there looking stupid, or um, Sterling turns around and says, you know, Jazzy, you're so stupid, or you, you're wearing the, the, the last year clothes. That's social, social bullying. So then we have physical bullying, which we've kind of talked about from a sexual um, molestation and rape uh, type of physical bullying, but then we also have the hitting, uh, the kicking, throwing things. My grandson had a clipboard thrown at his face, which split his eye and bl- and bust a blood vessel um, in his eye. Um, so kicking, spitting, mm. like, I don't know, you just saw the teacher. Here's a, here's a prime example. The teacher, I believe she was in New Jersey, got into an altercation at the store, began to do racial slurs, the N-word, um, in front of her children and then started spitting, caught on camera. Department of Family and Children Services had to be called in because spitting is a legal offense. Um, the N-word should never be spoken so freely, which we're going to have another show about that. But um, So here she is showing all of this in front of her children and to the world, but you're going to school every day and teaching our kids. So imagine if a kid is being bullied who happens to be of African-American descent. Do you think she would really care? No, I don't think so. Wow. Um, exactly. So here, so here is the underlining. Yeah, hang on. One, one second, Stella. Let me, let me finish this really quickly and then, and then chime in. So we got uh, hitting, kicking, spitting, pushing, or breaking someone's personal belongings. It's just, it's, uh examples of physical bullying. And then the fourth one, which is what a lot of our children, a lot, but even adults, are being cyber bullied. Um, and that's on the Internet. That's when people have the courage, they have the Internet all to say things to you that a lot of times they would never even say to your face, but they get courage um, on online, on the Internet, which this includes many of the same behaviors as social and verbal bullying, but it takes place online where your information can be quickly. Now, you're talking about seconds. It goes from me, you, and Sonny to one million people saying, Jazzy's this, Sonny's this, Sterling's this, or whatever the scenario is, in seconds, people 
either know your truth or they know the rumor or the fakeness, and it's all put out so that you will feel less than valuable. That's bullying. When I'm devalued, I'm publicly embarrassed, I'm physically or mentally abused. So we need clear ones. Oh, you're not being bullied. I mean, just toughen up. We tell our boys that just toughen up, just, you know, do this. Or sometimes we tell our children, um, like old school, and I know, Sonny, you can attest to this. You better, I know one thing, you better fight back and better not come home uh, uh, losing. Beat up. You know, right, right. You better, you don't you better not come home beat up. beat up. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so how do we teach our children to defend themselves but then still be blamed for the the defense because you have not actually addressed the fact that I've been bullied. You know? Wow. Okay. Well, and this goes back to where we said that the in one sense we're so disconnected. Because if you talk mm-hmm. to those same parents real fast, their whole world revolves around the darn kids. Mhm, mhm. But they don't You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Ladies, are you looking for the next best find? Don Shay Shootique will bring out your inner glam. The lady herself, Miss Don Shay, is dedicated to providing you with the latest in Hotlanta fashion footwear. It'll make you stand out at every event. In addition to our amazing prices, we are the go-to source for high fashion footwear. So stop by and shop online. We're sure to have the right shoes for you. www.donshay-shoes.com That's www.donshay-shoes.com Don Shays is the only place you can go to still be sane and have a suicide. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Sonny and Jazzy of Loudmouth TV is taking off with a brand new show, Off the Market, with its first season within the beautiful state of Hawaii, featuring some of the most sought-after areas of beachfront and inner island properties on the island of Maui and Oahu. Tune in to each episode with host Jazzy Jones-Smith as she talks to feature real estate agents as they showcase their open house listings to private homeowner tours where you just might find a house that you may want to take off the market. All right, and we're back from commercial break, and we're having conversation talking about youth bullying, violence, and suicide. And uh, I know that before we went to commercial break, Jazzy was already talking about a few things um, prior to us going to commercial break. And I I want to say we're going to probably give this a few more minutes because it is a heavy topic. And, uh, you know, we we try our best to give as much uh, real conversation. And at the same time, we want to try to keep a light in the world. 
So, Jazz, before we went to break, you were just really touching on a different things. I know we touched on some of the statistics of bullying. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we we hope that, you know, this this episode will help to bring and enlighten you um, on what is going on. Sometimes some people are not uh, necessarily uh, up to speed with things that are going on. So I think conversations like this are important. And... You know, we, we encourage people to, um, if you have, you know, youth in school, make sure you get familiar with the, um, the, 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 not just the teachers, but there's guidance counselors that are there, the principal. I remember, like Jasmine said, um, in her own testament, I remember being bullied by a young lady for about two or three years, and one year I just finally got fed up. But my mother uh, came to the school, the principal, everybody was made very much aware of the situation by that point. And sometimes you have to just make sure that people are involved and are taking the steps because the unfortunate mm-hmm. thing is your children are away from you for a certain amount of time and you are trusting the, the atmosphere that you're sending them to that they're going to be in a protective atmosphere. So one of the things that, you know, um, you know, I, I hope that this is statistical information that I mentioned um, during the show. These are actually coming from the youth from 12 to you know, uh, 18 that are experiencing the bullying. So who better to tell mm-hmm. you um, mm-hmm. but to take note of what is being said, where, where they're telling you things like this that are happening and occurring. And then when your kids come home from school, instead of just sticking them in front of a TV, ask them what's going on with their day. I think a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. you'll read these mm-hmm. articles about people whose kids have, have, have taken action and, you know, the, the suicide rates are starting to increase. Um, because you, you maybe not staying in contact and having enough conversation with your kids, you know, and, right. and try your best to leave them open to be able to talk, and it's okay, and not always quick to blame them for being in trouble or getting in trouble. A lot of times, um, you know, those behaviors are being picked up because they don't feel like they're going to be listened to. Well, uh-huh. this is what uh-huh. you and again, this is what's interesting is what I'm saying is that those same parents do not even talk to their children. They're, and then they'll right, turn around it. and go, why are you in mm-hmm. trouble at school? But at the same time, mm-hmm. when your child says something, they'll go, I'm doing this all for you. What do you think I'm going to work for? Why do you think I work 60 right. hours a week? Right. You know, so it's, 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 this is what I'm saying. It, it is what Jazzy said. I'm so glad you used that word. It's a disconnect because in one mm-hmm. sense, the parents are even disconnected from what they're doing with that child. They, right. the child needs, you know, we all need not only the physical housing, the physical, you know, the clothing, the, but we need emotional. And so I think mm-hmm. often... It's, it's like you said, yeah, I mean, I love that, now that word. I mean, I, I and mean, you've used it often, but it makes so much sense in this, the disconnection between all the different pieces that actually mm-hmm. make us whole. Because if we're, not exactly. getting, if, we're not, if we're not getting the emotional and all we're getting is like the material, then we, then, then there's a disconnect. And, and right. in, in that disconnect, we're falling through some cracks. Parts of parts mm-hmm. of that child's development and our development as parents and neighbors. The other thing, remember how the old saying was, "It takes a village." 
Mm-hmm. Remember, yep. Do you remember that statement that that's the village? You know, we all, we talk about this as a, I mean, I do, is that I have no ch- personal blood children. You know, I've raised children that are step, my stepchildren. Mm-hmm. But I feel that we have a responsibility to, I have a responsibility to your children. I have a responsibility exactly. to my neighbor's child, to their grandchild. Exactly. That to still act properly in front of them. I should not be mm-hmm. at Walmart using certain language or thinking that I can mm-hmm. behave a certain way in public mm-hmm. because everybody watches, every child, right. every adult. Um, and, and that's a social responsibility that I noticed today. In America, this is where I came back recently from two foreign countries, Cuba and Colombia, and I can tell you the behavior, the minute I got off the plane from Colombia recently to standing in the customs line in America was noticeable, the way we Uh interacted with each other. Uh And it was all the way from bullying to verbal Abused by to each other, the people they didn't even know. Right. You're right. And it was noticeable. It was noticeable to me from what I had just been through for the week, the the, the ten, you know, the ten days, eight or ten days that I'd been in Colombia, had changed my visual of how people, because it was very happy culture, to when I stood in that line. Within minutes, I watched. A different type of behavior in this country, mm-hmm. well, and that, that mm-hmm. should not be that should not be acceptable in public. It should not. Right. But you know what? I want to take it a step further, um, Sterling, because this is what the reason why public displays of whatever come out. And we usually say public displays of affection. People are affectionate in public. Why? Because they're affectionate at home. People are also bullies and racist and discriminatory because that's what they are at home. You, you, exactly. What's in you has to come out of you. So if you are a racist, you're going to say racist things in front of your children at home. And then when you right. get out, you're going to put on a mask until somebody hits mm-hmm. the trigger button. And then, bam, right. you're going to be sitting at people in the store and people are going to capture you now on the phone and find out, wow, this is how you are teacher, teacher. This is how you are priest. This is how you are a preacher or, or, or coach or whomever, whatever your title is. So it's imperative that if it's in you, listen, all of us have been influenced by our parents, by our environment, our culture, whatever the influence is. And at some point, we say this all the time, when you know better, you do better. If I have been taught to be a bully my whole life, I was, I was really um, the child that came from what we would call today an abusive mother. Most people in the black community will say, baby, we got to beat down. And all of that beatdown comes from slavery. We were taught it that if you were disobedient, this is how you were treated, this is how you were done, this is how, you know, you were whipped, you were whipped, and you were whipped, you were 
talk to demeaningly, so forth and so on. So we have a whole PSTD kind of situation People as a black American. People don't realize that when white America wants to say, well, that's not me. I did not do that. Mm-hmm. But see, this is mm-hmm. where we don't realize and that this is not what's taught in school, that it is culturally in right. the system. What you're talking right. about is such a statement. I want that. I want. That's yeah. why I wanted to. I'm sorry I interrupted, but I want that it gets sunk in because it goes back. You walk down the street real quick. If I meet a, like a 70 or 80 year old black man, he's gonna put his eyes down because I'm literally white. Now he doesn't realize that right. I'm mixed, but because I'm so mm-hmm. literally white, he won't look at a white man straight in the eye. He's 70 years That's old. Right. I should be kissing him. It's I should be kissing That's his it. feet. In mm-hmm. a sense. And especially if he's a vet. If that man's, and, and he may right. be. Do you know how many black men that served in the Second World War? But mm-hmm. because dad, of yeah. slavery, because of slavery mm-hmm. in the U.S., this doesn't, this doesn't go to every nation that had slavery. But because of our mm-hmm. culture and the way we were with slavery and the way we were with the Reconstruction after the Civil War is the blacks mm-hmm. in this country never lost that inferiority to the whip. That's right. That's right. And it, and then, and it, right. it, it perpetuated all the way to... As you said, it perpetuated all the way to how they raised their children and in their churches so everywhere. That's okay. true. And, and because of that, this is... No, no, you didn't. It's just an addition. Um, and one of the reasons, let me just always say, and I, every time we get off air, I'm just always so glad that we have the unit, the team of hosts on this radio show because we talk diversity, because we talk realism to the best of our understanding of what truth and realism is, we're able to get different um, perceptions on things that maybe we didn't look at it from that angle. Maybe we didn't address it um, before. However, once you become conscious, really conscious, it is your responsibility to make a change in your life. I don't believe that people cannot uh, change. I think we make the decision to work on the change, just like, um, you know, from a weight point of view. If I'm 200 pounds and I want to be 140, well, I'm 200 pounds. That, that is my as is. It doesn't mean my as is has to be forever. I can make the change to do the things necessary to redefine my body based upon food, based upon its um, exercise and so forth. In the same way with my internal, if my internal being has been a bully all my life and I listen to this show and realize, wow, the impact is long going. It does not start you know, bullying is not just I bully you today and that's it. If I bully you today, I have impacted not only you, I've impacted your children, I've impacted their children, the people at your job, the people that you interact with, because now usually a couple of things happen. You either become a bully or you become the victim, and either way you're harmed because of me bullying These children, my grandson, and all of these parents and all of these grandparents 
have lost a child or had a child harmed physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally, they have been abused, what will then happen to them? It is either they are no longer going to be with us and now the families and all of the children's friends. Listen, we posted, if you go down preparing for the show, it was it was heavy, um, but it was one of these things that it's our story. We just saw uh, Ivanya, Ivanla um, this weekend, and she was saying, your story can be a heavy story, but it's how you tell it. So though our topic is heavy, it's how we're discussing it because we cannot keep not discussing heavy topics because they make us feel bad. This is why children are committing suicide. This is why bullying continues. This is why violence continues. And so we posted some things. Um, and so we've not only had a far, um, children committing suicide because of bullying and violence, because let's touch the violence side. The Sandy Hook children that were shot and killed, God rest their souls, their families right. are still suffering from that act of violence. And we recently, and I'll find his name, we recently had a father that quit his job, and he had a very prestigious job, okay, quit his job to start a foundation to talk about nonviolence and how to protect our children and gun control and so forth and so on. The man, when did Sandy Hook happen, Sterling? Some, I forgot what year it is. The man just committed suicide. Just, I think it was last week. He just committed uh-huh. suicide. Why? Because of an act of violence taken against Parkwood, somebody. The Parkwood High School. Was it Parkwood? Um, Parkwood, um, yeah. But it's well, we've had two two kids to commit suicide from Parkwood. But I thought the father was the Sandy Hook father. We've had oh, two children in the last man. two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the last two weeks, we've had two children from the Parkwood shooting commit suicide, and the the father committed suicide because his daughter was killed at Sandy Hook. Look at the process. Look at the triple That's down so effect. It is mm-hmm. it's, it's so. Mind you, I've told my story. See, I'm, I'm the first to tell my business for two reasons. One, I'm hopefully that it will always help someone else. And two, you don't talk about me. Let me talk about me so you can get it right. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I totally Right? Okay? I've been in a position not wanting to live. I've been in that space of should I take the pill, should I shoot myself, should I clock out now or should I wait till an event happens so nobody will attach the event to my suicide? I've been in that suicide space, been in that mental space of this is too much to handle. But I'm going to, mind you, even though it's not okay for an adult, again, I'm able to say, hey, um, friend, wife, therapist, I'm in this space, and I don't know how to get out of it. A child is not in that position. They're not in that position. If we don't hear our kids and if we don't address their problems and their fears, if we don't, listen, I understand being a single parent and not having enough time to do anything, crying by myself, not one of my kids to see me cry because I was trying so hard to be the strong mom for them and make sure that, like Sterling said, they were in everything. I'm running 
crazy, but I'm also short-tempered a lot of times because I'm so tired and I'm running everywhere. But I guarantee you, if you call any one of them, ask them how many times I sat in, I tiptoed over to their school and they didn't know I was coming. Ask them how many times did I read to the entire class and I was mama to more children than my own because their own mamas and daddies were not able to come to the school or could care less. How many kids did I have over my house after school because their parents were nowhere? They were out with the boyfriends, the girlfriends, you know, drinking, stressed out, or working job after job just so that they could make ends meet for their children. Mind you, it is imperative that we spend that little extra moment a day with our children. It's imperative. Because what my grandson will tell his mom, come to me, and, honey, he will tell me a whole lot more than he will tell his mom. So it's important that all of us, as Sterling said, be the village for our children, be the village for each other, because it's, it's, a, it's a topic that if we don't address and don't find solutions for, we're going to keep seeing this in the daily news. So that's what I got to say. I love it. Well, I tell you what, we're um I've I'm actually been getting some messages. People are saying that they really appreciate us touching on the topic. Um, one of our listeners and friends said that she made her son feel uh feel what he was dishing out by bullying people with words and actions, um, to his peers and teachers when he was in elementary school and evidently uh there was a video that uh she created on YouTube. And um, I guess she kind of turned the table on him. And uh, I'm actually letting her know she's, she's sharing this, so I think she's in the midst of doing something, so she couldn't call in. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to say that I appreciate everybody that's tuned in today. Um, like I said, I know there was a topic that was, you know, needed to be had, but it's a heavy topic in discussion. Um, not an easy conversation, uh, but we definitely mm-hmm. appreciate all of our listeners being a part of the conversation. And um, we're just at a point now where we're going to, you know, conclude our show. And we want to invite you guys to connect with us on LimeOffRadio.com. Uh, you can contact us on our contact page on the website. And uh, if you guys would like to we have a certain things that you like to have in discussion to be had on the show, submit it in there. Um, you also can reach out to us for media options uh, as far as advertisement. Um, we do have a segment for entrepreneurs on our Tea Time show. So contact us at LiveMarkRadio.com. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, we're going to allow the rest of your Friday to be an amazing Sunny. Friday. Yes. Sonny, I wanted to say something to you and Jazzy because um, everyone knows that they were down here last weekend with me. And I want everyone <laughs> to know we had a fan, we had a, such a fantastic time. But I wanted to thank you guys for for being here and bringing Loudmouth Radio down to Tampa Bay. I mean, to be actually here physically is wonderful. <laughs> and um, I hope I hope I was a nice host and that you had a good time at the Renaissance Festival. Oh my God, we, we had did. our had such a we good had time. our turkey we had our turkey legs. We're not gonna. We're not, I ended up eating both the turkey legs that we bought. I'll just tell you that. Um, and I just, and I, I'll tell you, ladies, that I just finished the last one. 
that I bought that day because I actually <laughs> bought another one. So I just finished it um, on uh, today's Friday. I had it on Wednesday. So, um, but I want to thank you guys for bringing the the network down here to Tampa Bay, and and also to thank the it, it is this is the last weekend of the Renaissance Festival. Um, thank them for the tickets. Thank them. I want to thank yes, them for, for the being tickets our sponsor that, yearly. That, that they give us every year, and I hope everybody that we did get tickets out to appreciate not only the Renaissance Festival, but Sunny and Jazzy for providing this platform that allows us to have sponsors. And again, like uh, Sunny said, we are open here in Tampa Bay for sponsorships too. More exactly. so than just the Renaissance Festival. Um, and um, we, I'm here. Sunny's here. Remember, it's on the internet, so you're able to reach us 24-7. And um, I also want to advertise that the Renaissance Festival is extending itself one more weekend, not officially as the Renaissance Festival, but as an event called Eggs and Cakes. I will have that information oh, yes. on Sterling's house, on Facebook, and the different, um, all my different social media. I'm not sure whether I sent that to you, Sunny. If not, I will try to get that to you this week. But it's called Eggs Which is going to be really fun. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be really yeah, fun. Remember, they, 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 they explain they, it's an adult egg hunt. <laughs> yeah. And it's up to, what was it, $50,000 worth of award? I mean, gifts? Yes. I think it, it is. I it, mean, there's that, a lot of things that adults can go and find. I'm, I I couldn't do it. I would pass out just trying to run after one egg. So I'm I'm so sad I'm not able to do that. But for those of you that can make it to the eggs and kegs, if you drink, you'll be able to drink. But you also have so much more that's going to be a part of that. So, yes, Sterling, if you didn't send that to Sunny, please do so we can get that out. We're so appreciative of people who... Stand with us and stand by us. If you notice, every week you hear our same sponsors. They've been hanging in here with us. I know we have one, Sharon Mathis um, Insurance. They have been with us five years, and we're six years old. So um, kudos to all of the people who who believe in us and work with us through all of our hilarious, crazy, important, serious, non-serious uh, topics and, and situations. We really appreciate everybody who stands with the the um, radio network and uh, sponsors us. We also want to give a quick and shout then, out I mean, to Daisy East we're new. in Tampa. Daisy East in Tampa sponsored our T-shirts. I don't know if you saw those. They're in the pothead T-shirts, not pot as you smoke, but pot as you drink, because we are coffee heads, and so they sponsored <laughs> our t-shirts and we had the greatest food in tampa um at daily eats diner it's a historical diner it's been there over 50 years and the staff there oh my god the food incredible so that will definitely be one of our we got to stop there and eat and uh drink good good beverages coffee and i think they even have beer there too so daily eats we do appreciate you so much for being one of our sponsors there in the Tampa Bay area. So, and with that, I'm. I mean, like I said, I appreciate your visit. Love you guys. I had so much fun seeing you, touching you, hugging you. 
I'm so I'm so thrilled to be here with you guys every week, and um, I'm out. I'm off. I'm I'm off to the Renaissance Festival again this weekend, and I will be at Eggs and Cakes. But we'll we'll be we'll talk about that next week a little bit more. Okay. Again, so I'm gonna thank I'm gonna again thank Jay Z and I want to thank Jay Z and Beyonce for being so great. Loved them. Bye. Exactly. Mwah. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Have a great Friday. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.